So kick off your shoes, relax your feet, and let's get into it. Crystal, what's up? Hey, girl. Hey. Man, it's been a minute. We back. Welcome back. Q Mace. Welcome back. All right, we in this thing. It's been forever and a day since we've been together and done an episode. So we should probably give them a quick rundown and let them know what's been happening. We can come back for a real episode and give them the lowdown. Yeah, we can give you details. If I sound like I'm whispering, it's because I will half sleep. And if you hear a loud shh, we'll talk. Um, so that's new. I have a baby. So I had a whole ass baby. I ate this. You did. I did. I'm so excited. One day, we'll let y'all meet her. Oh, you might actually hear her tonight. <laughs> Depends on how she feels. Wow, not sure where she gets that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you been up to, Ashley? I'm trying to be on my grown woman-ish. I'm out here uh, double engaged. <gasps> what is that? Well, you know, we got engaged when we were recording last season, or the last time we recorded before we took a break, and then... I just got engaged again because I proposed to my fiance um, who had proposed to me first. So I'm I'm in the middle of wedding planning, y'all, and rolling into year end as an accounting. Life is great, but life also sucks. Twice. <laughs> wow, that's dope. Like, I never actually heard of, like, someone proposing to you and then you proposing to them. You know, in this patriarchal society, it probably seems weird, but I thought it was kind of cool to experience the same level of stress that she experienced trying to figure out how to propose to me. Listen, and that <laughs> is the sign of... You gotta do what you gotta do. I hold my baby daddy. Not that I want to get married or anything. Shit for you. Do that same shit for me, homie. It's together. It's Feel together. Yeah. me. Yeah, so needless to say, we've both had a lot going on in our lives. But we missed y'all. We did. And we were, were excited to be back. And Ashley was like, you only got three of them. We call them by their names. Like, I don't know. But I love and truly because y'all been holding us accountable and been like, what's good? We know your pregnant ass been sitting up here. Wow. We have a lot to get into. We do. And now we have a point for the day. We're going to talk about the harder they fall. Which I totally checked on Netflix yesterday. What was number one like two weeks ago is now number 10 and trending. (laughs) Maybe we can make it popular again. Here today, gone tomorrow. (laughs) That's how it is. Before we get into that, though, we'd be remiss if we did not mention rest in power to Michael K. Williams. Yes. Because Lovecraft was such a huge part of our show before the hiatus and Michael K. Williams was a huge part of that and just a huge character huge personality in general I know when I heard the word I was like gut punched bro I actually felt like we should have just did an episode to just honor him we could have talked about all of his works I was devastated inside and out never had the privilege to meet just his spirit and When it comes to this work, I mean, that man acted his entire ass off with everything he did, every single thing. So we definitely will have to maybe talk at length about him later on, as well as Lovecraft not renewed. 
Girl, I certainly have bones to pick about that. But Jonathan Majors was in this, so I guess. Exactly. Tick tick got, you know, he stayed with a job. That is fact. And we are not. Stays taking his shirt off. And looking fine on that screen. Mm Mm-hmm. And acting with his face. It's. Um, <laughs> so what what have you been watching man um so new stuff of our kind uh with yaya acosta she used to play in chicago med it's basically the uh jack jill bougie debutante story like martha's vineyard type yeah i've heard of that have not watched it it's going all right. I'm intrigued because Lance Gross is in it and he look good too. Shout too. out to shout out to East Oakland. He looks really nice. He always looks and, good. And uh, Daddy Pope is in it. So it's always fun watching Lord. him. How many monologues does he have? Because you know he good for monologuing. He absolutely is. And Scandal did that for him. Let's see. I I kept up with All American. I've been a huge fan of that. Although uh, Tay Dick's character gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> And then I totally just binge something that escapes me. We'll come back and do like a legit episode and I'll tell you the things I liked and I disliked. But right now I'm watching Of Our Kind as something new. And I watched the pilot of Queens. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we should make that something in our rotation, but we'll see. I haven't kept up with it. What y'all think? Y'all watching Queens? See, Ashley was like, queens and i was like what is this and i saw the lineup and i was like "Mm." now i love each and one of these individuals musically um i'm gonna say something y'all please don't be mad at me brandy can't act like brandy been on tv for 30 years i mean i'm talking thea she cannot act and i can say this confidently because what i was watching is i went and got bt plus and it has some show called like Zoe Ever After or whatever. And it's a show Brandy starred in maybe five or six years ago, something like that. I missed it. Horrible. The show was not horrible, but it was just like. Brandy's acting was. Yes. It was like, <laughs> please don't. Miss Norwood, please don't. And she ain't saying not a lick. I'm like, come on now. Let's I play to your her strengths. <laughs> yeah. Play to your strengths, girl. Um. What have, what have I been watching? I've been watching a lot of BT Plus. The Miss Pat show. You heard of that? I've heard of it. The comedian Miss Pat. Child. When I tell you that shit is right up my alley. Because she cusses <laughs> up a storm. And I love it. And it's basically a sitcom based on her life. Um, It's really, 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 really fucking good. My boo likes it. And he don't like. He like bougie black. Uh-huh. So he don't like uh-huh. ratchet black shit. You know, he's like, I haven't seen that. Like, we okay. might be of the same kind. Yeah. <laughs> but he likes it because it's really well written. That's it's good. extremely well acted. It's hilarious. Come to find out, it was created and executive produced by a 26 year old black man named Jordan E. Cooper. Okay. So, Last name Cooper. Yeah. Jordan E. Hit us with the middle initial. So, I mean, to hear a young black man EPing and creating a show. That's great. That's um, impressive. I like that. It was really, really good. I've been watching season two of Bigger, First Wives Club. You're a big fan of Bigger. I love Bigger. Yeah. Season two was not as good as season one, but I think sometimes when shows take hiatus, it's hopefully not ours. You lose a little bit of that momentum and yeah. it just don't hit the same. Ooh, 
girl, all the Queen's men. I have not seen that. It's the black stripper show. Is it good though? It's good, but also Eva can't act either. But you're not watching it for Eva. You're watching it for these these men. It's basically like P Valley, but men. Throw that dick in a circle. Period. And they throwing dick. Okay. You see. I did finally catch up on P Valley on our hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> Again. You're not watching it for the superior acting. Yeah. Well, Mercedes was killing it. Yeah. That booty was nice. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's what you're watching it for. The other things that I've been watching is there's this YouTube series called Gracie's Corner, which is an animated series of like children's songs. And they basically black up nursery rhymes. And Listen. I got a newborn. So, you know, they'd be like, baby wrote a boat. Baby wrote a boat. Hey, and hey. mama wrote a boat. Mama. So mama be rowing the boat. Um, I like that better than baby shark. It's way better than Baby Shark. They actually redid Baby Shark too. That shit go. I'm saying we be here gigging. You know, send me um, a link. <laughs> yeah, and the Wonder Years reboot, which we may have to talk about. That I okay. was very skeptical because I'm like, why they keep? I know I have been feeling the same way. Like, can we get something original? Especially again? just remaking it, making it black. But I will say this: this show is incredibly well done, and the only thing it has in common with the original Wonder years is the name it's in the same vein of like there's this voiceover of the youngest character and is walking you through daily life of his family okay outside of that it's not very similar which makes me wonder i guess maybe they had to brand it under the wonder years to get it greenlit i'm not sure maybe you couldn't sell a tv show about a black family in the 60s in i believe they're in alabama without the wonder years so that's what I've been watching. I also wanted to give a big shout out, not to Naima. I mean, always, but <laughs> y'all think I was going to shout out Naima. I downloaded Kev on Stage's streaming app. You told me about this. Yes. Support black businesses. Shout out to Kevin Fredericks. Kev on Stage has a whole ass production company. They have a streaming app with tons of content. Um, I have been having a ball watching. I don't know the names of the shows, but there's I think there's one that says like black people don't do improv or something like that. That's a lie from the pit. Hella. (laughs) And there's another one where Angel is like drinking cocktails and doing arts and crafts at the same time. Oh, I might get in for this. Yeah. So I'm super proud of him, though, just knowing that he low key started out in that christian churchy comedy vein yes. and he's like really branched out playmakers with his brother and, his, and their friend mm-hmm. yes i love it love it for him go ahead and get it kev thank you love it so that's what we've been watching let us know if y'all want to hear more about any of those um my child is screaming in the back i guess she does not like any of those suggestions i don't know y'all probably can't hear because these mics is fine Ow. <laughs> so Let's get into The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall. I was excited about this because I remember when Jonathan Majors was on set for this because he did that GQ interview. I remember that. And I remember, which is Jonathan and Idris attached at that time. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. I don't care what y'all doing. It could be set in space. It could be set in the West, the East. (laughs) It could be set in my house. I'm watching. Period. Go watch it. So when I found out it was a black Western, I was even more intrigued because I'm kind of a Western fan by proxy. My dad was a big 
Louis L'Amour, like I have books on the bookshelf right now, watched, you know, Gunsmoke, all of that. My dad loved Clint Eastwood, anything Western. Girl, I, that might have been a generational thing. My mom loved Clint Eastwood and Westerns too. Yeah. Be watching Wyatt Earp and Tombstone over and over. over. So I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Black Cowboys, the yes. West? Okay. So the gist of it is Jonathan Majors, a.k.a. Tick, a.k.a. Nat Love. That's correct. Nathaniel. He's he's off to avenge the murder of his family from a decade prior. And he's chasing this outlaw by the name of Rufus Rufus Buck. Buck. Now, that's a black ass name. Rufus for sure. Who's played by Mr. Just Elba himself. Yes, I'm like, okay, cool. But opening scene. Can we talk about that? Was I the only one that asked, like, why is this scene going to be important? <laughs> I was like, well, he has to be the little boy. Yes. But then I couldn't figure out why they killed the daddy and the mama. I couldn't either. I mean, we do kind of get to that later. But in terms of, like, setting up what I was going to be expecting, I was left with this going to be important later. But I don't understand why it's important now. Yeah. And I also was like, oh, this is the hype we on. Because it was extremely gory. Mm-hmm. And it was shot in a very Quentin Tarantino-esque manner. So not knowing much about the director. Um, James Samuels. Yeah. I didn't know much about Mr. Samuels prior to watching this. I was like, oh, he must be a Tarantino fan. Oh, I did a little research. I found out that he's a singer-songwriter and loves entertainment and cinema. I don't know how I feel about this is the lane he should continue to operate in, but I I appreciate what he tried to offer. Yeah, it's uh huh. Yeah, I I want to make fun of him, but I'm like, bitch, you're also also a multi hyphenate, and I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. I'm not a huge Tarantino fan, so that was already like, uh, if we continue down this path, I'm just gonna have to ignore a lot of things and ignore a lot of things I did, like these big ass title sequences that were like in 158 Texas sometime later yeah I'm like was this my subtitle did you literally (laughs) take that side from the script and just say throw that shit on the screen like I kind of feel like I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm recently and there was this girl who was being auditioned as an actress but she had never acted before so she's uh. reading the scenes but as she's reading the scenes she's not just reading her dialogue oh. she's reading the notes <laughs> and she's like and then she screams <sighs> in the italics yes no that's, that's just what you do exactly that's how i felt the, the title it was like i felt like that came straight from the script and somebody in post didn't know that that was not supposed to be there so well, it made the cut for edits, so it, did. it was intentional. It did, but it bothered me. <laughs> and one thing about this movie, just off the top, this shit was long. As a mother, I text you and was like, why is it so long? I think part of that was because there were so many things they were doing with the script that weren't necessarily tied to the avenging that added to, but never fully came back together. That part. It was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, there was an all-star stellar cast, though. Listen. There was Regina King. Treacherous Trudy. Listen. 
That's a badass name. I was trying to figure out how to like get her accent together before here. I had a sister named Hope. <laughs> and that accent was bad as fuck. Like she was giving me Wild Wild West. Regina was giving me Wild Wild West. You know who else was surprising? Mr. Dion Cole. Look. In a non-comedic role. He I was killed proud that. of him. He His busted it. gold teeth. Killed it. We had, of course, Jonathan Majors, which can do no wrong. We had Lakeith Stanfield, everybody's favorite weird black. Look, and he played the hell out of Cherokee, Bill. He did. And even spoke a little bit of Cherokee. He did. Or we think. I don't know. Sounded like it. Then we, of course, had the iconic Delroy Lindo, which I don't feel like he got a lot of screen time. I was feeling the same way. Like, for the role that he played, I'm like, ah, he didn't have a whole lot of lines and... I feel like his biggest scene was when they met up at uh, Stagecoach Mary's saloon and then left. Yes. <laughs> yes. And as y'all can see, y'all know we skip hop all over. We're not going in chronological order the way we did with Lovecraft. Because let me tell y'all how much prep work that was. A lot. We was putting in like 10 plus hours a week. So we're going to be jumping all over like Kanye's stream of consciousness. It's all right. Just roll with us. <laughs> Kanye, we still got love for you, though. But speaking of Stagecoach Mary... What in the entire fuckity fuck? Like, I let's. ZZ did a good job acting. However, if we are looking at the accuracy of casting, I'm not trying to make it a colorism thing. We know the stagecoach Mary was a darker skinned woman. Not just darker skin, darker. She was thicker too. Bigger. Badass. She's everything that this role was not. It was definitely played down if you understand or know about her history. You know, what's interesting to me is like, I always, well, people be like, oh my gosh, shut your yellow ass up. And I'm like, I'm not that light skinned. What this made me realize is, is I am because I am light enough to get miscast in some shit that should have been for very clearly dark black woman. What are your thoughts about that? Do you feel like it's the actor's responsibility to be like, nah, I'm not going to take this role? Because this reminds me of um, Zoe Zaldana taking that one role. And I'm like, nah, Nina Simone. I'm like, now nah, you know you should have said no. Now you just brought up some <laughs> shit that I'm going, but I'm going to come back to that. Exactly. So I've always wondered, because I'm like, you know, a job is a job. Yeah. But I also don't know at what point are you cued into who's who and what's what. So I definitely feel like. Zazie, is that her name? Zazie? Zazie. I definitely feel like she should have been like, nah, I'm good. But the other part of me wonders who cast, who miscast her and why? Right? And so I had this conversation with my boo as he is a director and has a little bit more insight into this than I do. And he was like, it was likely a choice that was made in order to get it greenlit because this story was going to be made about this character needed to be a romantic interest to Jonathan Major's character. And here we go with Hollywood. What would someone want to watch? Do they want to watch a bigger, dark-skinned black woman with Jonathan Majors? And I'm going to say, hell yeah, I do. But as far as the studios who are greenlighting this, it's likely a broom full of older white men. And they're under that falsehood of like, this is what sells. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to an interview or two of even what they were trying to go for here. I don't even think that uh, 
James thought about this from that perspective, knowing that he wanted to highlight these real characters in hopes that we would go do some more research and learn about them. I wonder if anybody's going to have the same question. That girl didn't look nothing like Stagecoach Mary. This is the... Now, I can accept this as a work of historical fiction. Yes. Or just fiction with a few historic people, uh, names attached to it. I can do that. But you cannot expect me to throw out everything that I know all in the name of creative license. Like something's got to give or you can, you can do whatever the hell you want to, as he obviously did. And when you make your shit, you know, like I was having my criticisms and I'm like, well, make your own shit. Listen, when you make your shit, you can make it whatever the hell you want it. But it's clear when I was watching this, I didn't know much about him, but I was like, something is off. Something skews left. And then I found out that he is black and British. The black Brit. In Caribbean, which makes sense because there was a lot of reggae music. Um, there was a ton of it. it. I liked it, but then I got tired of that. Yeah. And then it takes us back to this conversation, which we haven't had on air. and We probably need to have on air, but it has been happening for at least the last two or three years, which is this like black British invasion. Right. And this is the problem that I have with it. It's like you make things from your perspective. Mm hmm. When you are making things about real black American people, you don't have that context. It comes off disingenuous like this. Like, here's my thing. If you want to make it historical fiction and make a Western, he could have very well patterned these characters after these real people and gave them different names. I was thinking something similar. Like, we could have just told their stories with maybe different names yeah. but they could have been the same but yeah. we could have told their i think we could have done without the love story altogether. Altogether. i'm but like the, can we just focus on the revenge yeah <laughs> but the minute you say stagecoach mary i'm thinking mary fields i'm thinking badass who was out there getting it done with the postal truck like you think about how dangerous it is to be black now and imagine how much more dangerous it was to be black then and she was non-complying like you cuss a nigga out period so what part of that is light skin with an afro and that's the other thing i feel like they just told zazie to show up as herself <laughs> like what the fuck is practical about an afro like and that's how i wear my hair so trust i'm like this my hair is natural it's the way god i get it she just showed up on say like here i'm is everybody else had historically close to accurate haircuts regina had braids you know it's dusty it's dry it's hot don't nobody want their fro getting crunchy also stagecoach mary would not have that it was just odd to me and also she was just a badass there was nothing badass about this character i ain't see her do a damn thing badass yeah she definitely didn't give off mary field stagecoach mary vibes i was even playing that back in my mind like when was the time that i saw her most aggressive and i'll probably say all the times that she was basically telling nat that she really wouldn't uh checking for him <laughs> that would probably be like the most but nothing else gave me that so i don't know who took the creative license or signed off on it maybe this is something jay-z approved of because his name was on it too but you know that's the thing when um you never know how much input producers actually have you don't know right. if they're like a hands-on producer or if they're just signing checks or what 
I don't know. But I remember, um, what's her name? Amanda Steinberg and Zendaya both have said that they have turned down roles that they've been offered because they're like, um, excuse me, (laughs) mulatto here, light skin. I don't know if you're aware, but I don't think that would be appropriate for me to play Michelle Obama. Like, I'm just. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm just. I'm not sure. I appreciate individuals in the art that are able to do that. Maybe she just wanted to be a part of an amazing work. It was nice to see a Western that was black AF. That's that, that I will give them. It was black as fuck. It reminded me of, I saw this post the other day by um, Dr. Yaba Blay, where she said, there's a fine line between preference and pathology. Light skin may be your preference, but white supremacy is your pathology. Ooh. Ooh. And I was like, "Ooh, Hollywood has this problem. This is wow. the root of that problem. Like the fact that our beauty standards are what they are. The fact that likely someone thought that this was what was going to sell because of these standards. When I would have much rather seen a Viola Davis. Now, I don't know if they can Come afford Viola. Viola. Cuz Viola probably commands um, some coins. You don't think Regina commands coins, especially after Watchmen? Yeah, but I mean, you know, budget. You got to be like, mm, how many <laughs> how many coins we going to give here? Look, Annalise could have sold the fuck out of Stagecoach Mary. Period. <laughs> she would have been badass. So for me, this is a much larger issue. And, there, and, it, and the other larger issue is like, for me, this is what happens when we lump the diaspora all into one. When it's like, we're all black. And it's like, that's true. But what happens when you have black Brits telling and depicting black American stories? You know, it was just off. And it's like, I can't think of a time where a black American has done that. But then also it's like, I don't know anything about black Brits. Yeah, I know. I don't either. And then maybe I'm like, maybe y'all should make movies about them. Like, maybe you should be making movies about black British people to inform me. Now, that's a thought. I don't know. I'm just saying, because I don't know nothing about none of y'all people. So I can't tell you whether it was done right, wrong or indifferent. But I know this one right here. This was wrong, at, at least in the sense of historical context. And I just think that, like. It doesn't offer the nuance, the grace, the respect that these real ass people and this real ass history deserves. It's like, I appreciate you going since they're putting forth the effort, but it was a miss. It was a miss. And the music for me was also a miss. Now I heard people saying like, yo, the soundtrack is off. I listened to the soundtrack. The soundtrack does hit. But there's another problem that I have, which is like, there's a difference between a soundtrack and a score. Well, and let's. Let's talk about that. This is, again, James Samuel's just doing a lot because he had a lot of input in that, too. He's a composer. Yeah. <laughs> so the what he had vision for in that sense, it's like, it's cute because I know he was trying to do something different. I just don't think it really gave me, as he stated, the the new American West. I mean, it was remix. Yeah. Wait, reggae? <laughs> Love Jamaica. Love Jamaicans. Love the diaspora. Since when did Jamaica and and this here, North America, become one one of the same? I'm just like, 
again, I think we can all be black and we can all respect and love one another. But there is there are nuances to individual cultures and regions and things like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being prideful about that and playing that up. Like, I think it's kind of like when people are like, oh, I don't see color. It's like eh, color exists. Absolutely. Differences exist between black Californians and and uh, black Midwesterners. Me- black like Midwesterners. Yeah. yeah. And there's also tons of similarities. Mm-hmm. But there are differences. And so, like, yeah, I wasn't feeling the reggae vibe. And for me, it's not like I hate reggae. I love reggae. But it just, as a score, it didn't fit. One, again, not historically accurate. If you want to talk about black Americans have had their hands, feet, thighs, and every other body part in damn near every form of music that exists. I'm like, just say our brain. It's a lot of music. I feel it's our brain. You could have almost chosen anything, but reggae is very specifically Jamaican. It's not even Caribbean. It's <laughs> Jamaican, right? You could have chosen blues. Which is what I was hoping for more of, especially in those stagecoach saloon scenes. Thank you. I'm like, am I going to get something bluesy here? Bluesy. Some, some, even hip hop. All of, uh, all of these are musical genres that are born and raised here on this soil and deal specifically with the struggles that are in this movie. You got rebellion, you got hardship, you've got heartbreak, you've got that. I'm like, you have. 400 plus years of music at your disposal that could have been used instead it felt to me like what was ha- what happened in Westworld where there were like all these reimagined versions of like Coldplay and shit and I was like it's just like okay if you want to take a popular song and then like reimagine it that's cute but for me it has to fit with and there was only one song and I don't remember what the song was but it was the fight scene between Regina King and uh, Stagecoach Mary. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. That song fit. There was something about the lyrics that had to do with them fighting. Like, there has to be something with the lyrics, the vibe that fits the scene. These songs are just like, what would happen if I could get Lauren Hill on the track? Like, okay. Because you get Lauren Hill to be on time. Period. How long did it take? You know what? <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead, Miss Hill. Go do your Fuji's, Fuji's tour, whatever. That didn't work for me. It was just like tragedy, triumph, the realities of being black in America, outlaws. I'm like, Pac, anyone? Pac got a whole group called Outlaws. That actually would have been Wu-Tang, dope. Something. So, you know, reggae is definitely an art form that was born from rebellion and everything and, and fighting for freedom. But again, none of that was really what was going on in the movie either so i was just confused there also was this scene where they were in a saloon or something and there was this modern dancer that threw me because i was also looking at the furniture in that particular saloon and i'm like this is so not west <laughs> west america that looks like something i would get from restoration hardware yes <laughs> I was like, okay, so we, 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 I don't know if we was like reimagining like black luxury or something. And I was like, okay, I'll get that to you. We had shit. We always had shit. We always look good. We always smell good. We always like to enjoy ourselves. Somebody was in interior decorating the hell out of some shit. I get it. But then you had this, this one, I hate modern dance. So let me just, I won't say hate unless it's like Alvin Ailey. I can't fuck with it. Cause I'm like, just say it with your words. 
You don't need to be rolling all over. Say it with your chest. You don't need to be rolling all over the floor and shit. And back flipping. Yeah, and she was like blue, and I was like floral print. At first, I was like, does this have forgot on clothes? I was like, oh, that's a bodysuit. I was so thoroughly confused, y'all. And I know y'all confused because I told y'all we're going to be hopping, skipping, and jumping like Kanye. That was just so weird. And on an unrelated but also related note, you mentioned Zoe Zaldana not turning down the role of Nina Simone. And that brought me back to a point of the issue that I have with Black Brits telling our stories sometimes is I was watching another Netflix uh, movie called um, what is it called? They've got to have us. Oh, that, that one has not been on my radar. Yeah. It's basically a documentary just going through the history of black cinema. Oh, I should put that on the list um, though. Yeah, it has. I mean, there's tons of people in it. Harry Belafonte is interviewed. I mean, there's a lot of people interviewed. Um, one of them being, I'm going likely going to mispronounce his name, and I apologize. David Oloyewo. He oh, played in Selma. He played about. MLK. Yep. Um, He's been in a lot of stuff. I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. That name is a very easy name to pronounce, and I mispronounced it. But I apologize again. I got postpartum brain. Um, he was interviewed, and he was asked this question about like, how does he feel about the criticism of black Brits playing um, black American characters? And he said that he has uh, acted in approximately his acting has covered approximately 150 years of black American history. Okay. In his roles and due to his research, his process, his training for said roles, he likely knows more about these events than most black Americans. Full stop. Nigga, what? So you mean to tell me? That because you've studied, you've read books, you've interviewed people even, you know more about my history than I know. So this is what qualifies you to play a Martin Luther King Jr. I guess I struggle with that response and appreciate that you've done the due diligence to be able to understand or have a point of where you're coming from. But I do think it's different when it is my lived experience. Like that is what's passed down in my DNA. Period. That is what I can offer from my specific ancestors that Period. have overcome this. That makes it different. Right. So it's like you have an intellectual understanding of that. And that's great. Let's give you a golf clap. Yeah. But a, a lived and learned experience is is so different. So, I mean, I don't think he was throwing shade on nobody, but I also felt a little bit of shade. I'm like, yeah, you probably do know because you had to study to do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that's not something that I couldn't bring about. Yeah. By connecting with my own lived past. Exactly. <laughs> also, back to the point you made earlier. This that same nigga who starred opposite Zoe Saldana in blackface as Nina Simone. <laughs> so make it make sense, sir. Your shit don't really have a lot of weight with me. Because you stood there on that set. Mind you, that movie was made, produced, went to post-production, and hit theaters. So you read the script, learned your lines, showed up to work every day for probably months on end. Every day her ass stood there. 
in blackface. And every day. We need a four. Listen, every day somebody went and got her some foundation that was eight shades darker. That part. And you stood right there, looked her in that black ass face and read your lines day after day after day. So then you're going to tell me. But it's okay because he did his research. He did his research. And he knows more than the other actor that could have done the same thing in America. Yeah. (laughs) A hundred and fifty years worth of black American history. I was like, well, I'll be, I'll be damned. So let the record state. Mm, I got a problem with you, sir. With that. Listen again, it rolls back to where does the problem stem from? Does it stem from the role that is written? Does it stem from who cast it? Does it stem from the director casting or approving the casting choice? Does it stem from the actor accepting it, knowing good and damn well they probably shouldn't? I think there's actually a level of shared responsibility in in regarding this, right? Because I also think even for the individual that writes the script, that chooses to produce it, direct it, or fund it, underwrite it, right? You got to be clear about what your objectives are. And I'm all for getting things in front of big audiences. But sometimes I would rather you stick to an outcome that's going to be more meaningful than the one that has the biggest bang for the buck. Right. So it's like, if it means you run independent, then do it independently. You don't got to have Netflix stamp and make all these concessions that end up being compromises just for it to be out there. And the larger question too, is like, what do we need? What do we need to do so that filmmakers do not have to make so many concessions. Is that just the nature of the beast of making a movie? I don't know. Or is it, do you have to ascertain a certain level? Do you have to be like a Will Smith, right? Where you, you big box office. Y'all can't see my face. I roll my eyes. But I mean, you know, big Will. Will's <laughs> big has Willie some, style. Will's has some flops, but Will can get that, couple hundred million dollars worth of funding because they know he he's big box office also he's a has his own production company mm-hmm. like at what point you know like look at Issa. like how many concessions does she have to make or is she able to say nah y'all came to me this shit is gonna be shot in inglewood or else like i don't those are things that i don't know so if you guys know please inform us um but it makes me wonder if there were concessions made or there just wasn't a battle because Mm. this ain't your shit so you don't really have skin in the game anyways right that's food for thought that's that's the kind of thing some things that i liked i like the fact that it was western i like to see black folks like we get ridden out of shit we're purposely left out of shit and it was Mm -hmm. like so we just didn't exist in the wild west nah which is Far from true. Hella far from true. Come on, think about it. You seen how much work cowboys do? That when you part. ever seen a white person voluntarily sh- do some shit like that? I mean, plus we was already there. Period. <laughs> so <laughs> already there. Our land, but whatever. So I love that. Um, what else that I love? I feel like Lakeith did an amazing job. Regina did an amazing job. I also liked some of the supporting characters. I noticed Damien Williams Jr. Yep. Um, was one of the, like, one of um, Rufus's crew. Yeah. And he was hilarious. The and there was. Crimson Hood Gang. 
that was so hilarious. And there was a lot of like very cute banter dialogue. Yes. That was cute. Especially with my, my quick hand sharpshooters. <laughs> oh boy had me. Jim was so funny. They were also funny. Cuffy was funny too. Um, I loved Cuffy. I really enjoyed seeing Cuffy in that role because like Trudy and Mary still came off very feminine and Cuffy didn't. So even like her having to put that dress on to go rob that bank. But I just love the edge that she brought too. And she was it. like, yes. look, check your gun at the door. Don't play with me. Period. I she may be little, but I will fuck you up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I like that seems truer historically as well. Because even if we don't know how that character identified mm-hmm. on the gender spectrum, it could have just been this is the safest way. It's yep. not safe to be a woman. Period. But it very much felt it was giving me very like the little the little stud chicks. I was like, Yes. No, I love me a, st- I love me a stud, y'all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, she was real cute, and she was giving me like androgynous, yes, them they energy. And you could tell sometimes the people who were coming up to the saloon were like lightweight, confused, like I'm not sure what, um, what's going on here. And I think there was a bit of dialogue where, um, oh boy, was like. Uh, when she had to put on a dress and he mm-hmm. was like I'm glad I'm not the only one he was like oh cause I was getting I thought, I thought I was falling in love I was like uh uh-uh, uh Jim you are too much <laughs> that was real real cute and I, I liked that character a lot I did not like that character being the protection of again this is why stagecoach Mary was miscast cause stage Mary Fields was a badass bitch she ain't need nobody standing at the door Mm-mm. but when you got a little fragile Afroed can't let the humidity hit her. <laughs> Stagecoach Mary, you need a little stud at the door. I mean, it is what it is. I um, like the way that the roles were written for the women. Like, I loved seeing Trudy is just really like a badass and Rufus is right hand. And for me, it came off as both Nat and Rufus were absolutely powerful, but like. Rufus wasn't Rufus without Trudy. Period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Period. Um, it almost and- made me wonder what he needed. And this is, again, like I felt like they didn't dive deep enough because it made me wonder why was Trudy with Rufus? Because it didn't seem like she needed Rufus. It seemed like Rufus needed her. Agreed. But the um, other thing, and I'm like, I actually would have preferred to see some type of romantic something with them. Because there was one scene, I think it was when he had finally changed clothes and he wasn't in the jail clothes anymore. Where he was like, how do I look? And he had the one little part of his shirt untucked. And she was kind of just mugging him, but like calling him on his shit at the same time. And I'm like, do they have chemistry or energy? Or have they just been rocking for such a long time that there's this undisputed trust that they have with one another because I didn't really get electric vibes and I kind of wanted that for them yes I would have rather them been the love story that would have made more sense and that kind of was what was problematic to me about this movie um visually it was mostly beautiful I say mostly because I know it's the wild west and I know it's dusty and whatnot but I really wanted these black folk to shine. I wanted cocoa butter, shea butter. I wanted niggas to be walking around greasy. <laughs> I wanted this shit lit like belly. Come on, belly. I needed the cinematographers from 
Insecure, from Moonlight. I needed Hype Williams. Like, I wanted these niggas to be lit up in Technicolor, like blue lights behind them and green. You're like, ooh. (laughs) Like, just black, beautiful black skin. Um, I didn't see that. That's just kind of a personal wish of mine. I liked that aspect, but the story didn't make sense to me. And I don't know if that was due to editing, but it was kind of like it would have made more sense for Trudy and Rufus to have been a, a love thing. Because I didn't understand why Nat, it appeared like the original story was Nat was going after Rufus to avenge the death of his father. But then it became this love thing. And then it was like, he was really trying to get Mary back. But then you're like, so you love her that much that you willing to risk? Cause your only modus operandi was to go at Rufus. Now you didn't sidebar to go do some shit. And a, what the hell was Mary's ass doing over there in the first fucking place? Well, yeah. And we, we also know that they had a conversation about that. And she was like, <laughs> cause he had just killed uh Jesus Cortez so he like, I'm cool because Rufus is in jail forever. And she like, you ain't never going to let that go. And she didn't want to be playing second fiddle to that. Yeah. So the fact that she even, the script, allowed her to even work herself into this foolishness. And I'm like, is it because she loved him and she didn't want him to die? Like, why? And I felt like, for me, I felt like that extended the time. Because remember, I'm like, why is this movie so long? And it's like, if we had just focused on developing this Nat and Rufus thing and y'all gangs, it would have been fine. Even if they did no other romantic anything, the Trudy and Ruth thing didn't have to happen either. No. Or there could have been an innuendo that Trudy, there was a Trudy Rufus and there was a Trudy Nat. Boom. Dang. Bam. Our innuendo works too. Wrapped it up. We don't even need all this damn time. No, I was like, what the fuck? And I'm none the clearer on what's going on. So I understood what Nat's mo was but i really didn't understand anybody else's motive not even rufus because it seemed like when they rolled into redwood city and um that was hilarious because we don't live far from a redwood city i was like there's a redwood city in california and it ain't black at all but it was ah when they rolled in i was like okay what's going on i was like oh it looks like this is like a black utopia like or you know this is this is great okay so so are you upset that it's been sold to the highest bidder and you want to maintain it? Is that what Rufus is doing? Okay, great. So you get there by extorting the populace? Like, Now, I definitely took issue with that because I'm like, this town is supposed to be for them. You put someone in charge of it while you were away that you thought you could trust. Ooh, chose money over the people. People over profits, y'all. People over profits. And then you're back you know how much money you need to get. I'm like, you an outlaw. Just go rob another bank. Especially if talking <laughs> about robbing banks, when they went to the white town, first of all, the literal white that. Oh, because everything was painted white. Too. Everything I was, was like, white. This is so extra. And I was like, yeah, that's hella extra. It's <laughs> obvious. Like, again, I think this is the perspective of someone who is not from here because their race politics are a lot different. From what I understand, from the Brits that I know and the black Europeans that I know, they very much operate under this understanding like racism doesn't exist, although it's there. But it's more like, oh, it's a class thing here. Mm. So I think maybe he felt like he needed to juxtapose black versus white. But in America, their juxtaposition is not needed. Have you seen Lovecraft? (laughs) Period. Anytime (laughs) black ass people show up in a predominantly white space or vice versa, it's clear. Okay. So you ain't got a baby Potter niggas 
Um, and if you do like, okay, again, artistic choice, I'm nitpicking on what somebody chose to do with their work. I get it. But if you're going to make the white people really, really white, you also should make the black people really, really black, which means that everybody should have been greased the fuck up <laughs> like their mama was sending them out, out the house in the middle of winter. Oh, come back here and put this Vaseline on your face. Yes. Plus, it was like that was the easiest bank robbery I've Girl. ever seen. That was the easiest time any black person has had in an all white space in cinematic history. I swear. Yeah, I expected way more bloodshed for that scene. And I appreciate that there wasn't trauma porn. Facts. I, but there has to be a middle ground. <laughs> you also can't just dilly dally, la 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 la. Two niggers here, gonna rob your bank. I'm here to wake withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was way too easy. And if it was that easy, like you said, how come Rufus and them? Hadn't done that. That's the money he needed to keep Redwood City alive. So again, I come back to what is the motivation? What are these people's motives? I don't even know why Trudy was fighting so hard. It would make sense if she was in love with Rufus or if Rufus helped her escape. You know, she killed her sister's bully and then she was forced to go live with her grandma or somebody <laughs> and rufus came and rescued her out of that and so mm, she felt she some kind of yeah okay but other than that we have no idea why they were together i mean they was just part of the gang and they was ride or die the I, the one thing i did at least enjoy about that was seeing black ownership in towns for stuff that was them but we didn't that see was it there. I, and and that was the other thing i'm like okay so i know that they own Redwood City, but like, what is life like in Redwood City outside of Nat Turner showing up to rescue me, his girl? You ain't showing me no, no black pharmacists, no nigga the fixing doctor, horseshoes. Yeah, it's just black people in the square. A blacksmith. <laughs> Hello, just show. And again, you don't have to go into detail, but this shit runtime was over two hours. So you had time. I'm with you. There definitely could have been a bit more character development, especially since many of these character names are based off of real people, even though the storyline might have been in there. Like you could have given us just a little bit more. Yeah. Something. I was, I was like, okay, we about to see a black barber cutting hair. Uh, You know what I mean? Like that's some black shit. Well, I did. But is that black shit or is just that black American shit? Cause I don't know. Is universally black, the haircut thing. So a few years ago, I went to UC Berkeley and mm-hmm. they had a play that was actually, I think, called The Haircut. And it literally was about the barbershop experience for all black people in the diaspora. We were in like Lagos. We hopped over to Jamaica. Okay. We was in the United States, like okay. all the things. So like the barbershop thing definitely is congruent among all of our cultures. Um but I think that was another thing that bothered me for all the time they spent on Nat Love trying to rescue Mary or Mary trying to help Nat avenge Rufus Buck. You could have just did some additional character development on these people. We could have spent some real time in Douglasville or um, and in Redwood City. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly like agree. Y'all got no exports for y'all to charge somebody's uh, extra high tax to make this money? Some. Because y'all was going to kill these people if they didn't pay up. Some. I mean, I did. Like, I ain't going to like seeing black people tote guns. And um, especially when they got on that train that Rufus was on. 
and um, they made the um, them old boys pay. I was like, yes, sir. Did you peep the name of that train? Yes, it was the Chadwick A. Boseman. Yeah. Right? Also, another reference, and I had just watched rewatched Malcolm X for the first time as an adult. I am Malcolm X. I just rewatched it as an adult because it was traumatic to me as a kid. Facts. One, it was one. It's incredibly long. Girl, um, read the book. Yeah. <laughs> And I went and saw that shit at Grand Lake Theater and I will never came in there with a bucket of KFC chicken because <laughs> um, KFC was across the street up until like three months ago. Then it became a Starbucks because was it crispy or original recipe? I don't know. I just remember he had a whole bucket because, you know, everybody like bring food into the movies. Mm-hmm. But this nigga brought a whole bucket of chicken and I was so embarrassed. And then he snored through most of the movie. I mean, it was long. It was long. It was a lot. So I had just watched that. So when I saw this scene of Regina King and they like her yeah. whole crew were lined up on horses, she put her hand up to signal to let them tell them to go. And that was the same signal that Malcolm X gave the uh, nation of the brothers of the nation of Islam outside the hospital when a boy was brutalized by one of their brothers was brutalized by the palm. Yes. And I love to see that amount of black and it was dope to see a black woman who like you said was clearly femme um but the good kind of femme right you could tell that she was femme but she didn't like have her titties out and have a corset with a bustle all out like girl i got shit to do don't nobody have time to be tucking titties in when i'm trying to kill motherfuckers look and like, when she shot that man <laughs> Before he could finish his sentence, I was like, "Oh, I'm about to love her role." I love her. I saw somebody on Twitter say, "I guess in in relation to um, alleged um, history or like static between Regina King's character and uh, Zazie's character, because I see it. I know it was supposed to be there. They were supposed to like not like each other. Like, hey, girl, hey, remember when we both used to be badasses, and now you just an outlaw, bitch? Like, whatever." Um, somebody on Twitter was like, um, I'm always going to go for Regina King. Like I'm, And I'm like, ditto. Facts. She, I didn't really feel like they had an on-screen rivalry. I mean, even the fight scene was a good scene. Um, it was nice to finally see somebody fight without guns. And, and they was raw. They was fighting. But other than that, I was like, I don't really feel like y'all got no competition for nothing there's no competition that and i feel like there was supposed to be competition between those characters like that whole well, you know when they, was, met, they didn't sell it when she popped up at redwood city and trudy <laughs> was like bitch you know me you know how i do and it looked like we could we could, i said on site but then it was like baby girl you don't want that like i was looking at zazie like sweetheart don't worry about me sweetheart like that's how i felt like girl you gonna get your teeth knocked in fucking with her listen talking about some she don't uh talk to to help i was like oh i just knew she's about to slap the shit out of yeah her. i was like <laughs> beat her ass beat her ass whoop that trick yeah <laughs> on some jerry spit too but so and then the other thing the e- the uh ending i guess was supposed to be a shock um i figured out once we saw nat come in the room with uh rufus and Rufus didn't try to fight. He was sitting there talking to him, like telling him historically what happened and shit. I was like, oh, that's just the nigga's brother. Like, they share a daddy. And 
I just was like, man, for for y'all trying not to be stereotypical, you sure gonna fuck the black father trope into it, but okay. But again, why the mama? I still don't know why. Why the mama had to be? Why the mama had to die? So I thought about this. I think he killed the mother because he wanted to inflict the worst pain that he could think of on the father watching his wife die. I have so many issues with how poorly he defended his family, but that's neither here nor there. Come on, Michael and Beach. Then, and Michael Beach got all the muscles. Listen, he got all the muscles. I'm like, so you got a gun over a door banister and you're not going to use it? <laughs> like, and I, when I watched it the second time, I was like, I wasn't tripping. He looked at it, sat at the table, and held their hands and said, it's okay. It, no, nigga, it is not. It's not. So I think he killed him because he wanted to hurt him. Like, I don't give a fuck about your wife. And then I was like, well, you go. I know you're about to kill him, too. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, I don't even know why Nat Love was remained, remained alive. Period. Kill him, too. That's what I'm saying. So, again. Because I'm like, how the hell did Nat Love grow up after this? Like, he were just, there foster homes? I was like, make this make sense. Did he so that when we get all the way over himself? here, we can tie it back Thank into you. something. Logically, I feel like he would have just killed his little brother because now you got a witness to a crime. It could also be that I've just been watching a shitload of Sopranos where it's just like, that's why I fuck with the Sopranos. Sopranos be like, kill every. A lot of TV shows be like, oh, I'm only going to kill you. I don't want to kill you. Sopranos be like, my nigga, I went to go kill him. But then the maid walked in, so I had to kill her. But then the mailman was outside, so I also had to kill him. <laughs> like, that's how I feel it should happen. You got to take care of all your loose You got to cover it all. So I just... I did not see the ending coming for them being brothers. But I was certainly hoping I could figure out... Well, I figured out that he was chasing them down. I'm like, I don't even know. And I guess he wanted to turn his new newly saved little brother since his father had turned a new leaf into a to an outlaw. into an outlaw we are one and the same but that's that was the thing to me about the end as well because like nat love always could could keep this guise of i do what i do for revenge only i'm not out here trying to hurt nobody i'm not out here stealing from nobody i'm just out here trying to get to rufus that's it that's mm-hmm. all but the minute he went and robbed that bank, he became an outlaw as well. So I'm yep. like, once you make that turn, just stay that way. But it seemed like he was still conflicted. And I'm like, how, Sway? Like, how? I don't know. Just a lot just didn't make sense. Also, kind of wanted them to reconcile at the end. And because I'm a romanticist, I'm just like, but that's your brother. And like, like you know, uh, Rufus was, Bruh, you a cold piece of work because... I don't want to kill. I ain't kill my brother, right? And I was like, but then was like literally begging him to kill him. That was so extra to me. Um, so I don't know why they chose to do that. That wouldn't have been my ending. I would have liked a reconciliation. I just feel like he had an opportunity. They had opportunities to kill each other sooner, and we didn't need the two hours and fifteen no. minutes to get there. They either should have <laughs> killed each other sooner. Um, and somebody else became the the, the head of this gang or that, mm. or they should have reconciled and joined, joined forces. And it would have always been beef. It would have always been like, man, fuck that, fuck my brother. He stay on the west, I stay on the east, but we work together. But we hold this down. Yeah, B O B. 
You know what because I mean? Because at the end, like, Rufus's gang was molly anyway. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the only one left was Trudy. Yeah. So I just. I'm I like, Lord, please don't let them bring a second one. <laughs> I feel like they are. I can't do it. Because the way it ended with, like, you know, all of them allegedly dead, but still very much alive to kind of throw everybody off their tracks. I don't know. It. They have very entertaining moments. I will say whoever was writing a lot of the dialogue did an a job. Um, I Facts. love seeing black people in Western, but there was things that didn't add up. And that's just the type of person I saw a meme recently. I'm going to post it on our IG so y'all get it. But it's like a picture of a chihuahua like squinting. <laughs> and the caption is like me when I watch movies trying to catch a dead person breathing. <laughs> Oh, that is me. That's me too. And I'd so be like, I'm looking at all kind of shit. So I'm looking at like Wild West. It's harsh weather. How come these leather coats and jackets are not worn in? How come your boots look brand new? You know, like stuff like that. Again, the afro. Y'all can tell that shit bothered out of me. And I have no beef with her as an actress. I think she did a really good job with what she had. I'm like, for what she was given, she yeah. just was not the right choice. I feel like her role could have been written better, though. Her role shouldn't have even been there. Like, stage. That's what. She, so she was out there doing all of that shit, getting bucked to what? On bars? To basically have hooters all over the place? What the? F- she got billboards and shit. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I just don't. Listen, she was a real estate owner. I got a salute here, a salute here, and a salute there. One church, she got three good locations. Credit. <laughs> With three services, and they're all online. <laughs> you could tie to be a cash app. Um, you need my QR code. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. It's not. I don't know what else to say, y'all. I ain't really. Again, love Jonathan. He was about to wheelbarrow, old girl. And they got busted in all because you know he good. For, <laughs> he good for lifting somebody up and throwing them on the couch. You better take me back to Lovecraft. <gasps> that wheelbarrow is how I got in the situation that I'm in right now. Oh, that was actually one of my favorite moments because that was Bill. What's his name? He was like, "Oh, y'all was making sex." I'm sorry to interrupt, but I can't wait. <laughs> you not sorry then? You not sorry? Get out of here! You could have came in 15 minutes. Wasn't nothing. Y'all had two hours and 30 minutes. Of, um. I like the idea. So would you give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or just like an in-between? An in-between. I feel like this is what happens with a lot of movies is you you lose the story. If you lose the story, you've lost me. If the story doesn't connect, I really don't care what else you're showing me. And I just could not get over the light-skinned elephant in the room. It's just so hard. She's just a major central character. And it's just, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, which one of these is not like the other? And it was very clearly her character. I mean, leading a brigade of badass black men. Wouldn't that have been a nice little storyline if we just followed the two gangs and that love was being the outlaw of outlaws and doing what he did in that scene with the father. Here, take this man in and get this bounty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do something with your church. And then Rufus was just trying to rebuild Redwood City or something. Like yeah. That would have been enough of a story for nice. me. I didn't need you using historical names. It's like, why, why give me Bass Reeves? 
just like a legendary lawman. Why give me a Bass Reeves? He not even he ain't even arresting nobody. Do I don't recall them ever putting any or language in the intro or the outro that although the story was fictional that some of these character names are real i know in one of his interviews he said that he wanted to make this period piece in which he could bring characters to life that to some degree are are myth um or fiction but are very real so we could go do research and i'm just like did you really give me enough about them to want to go do the research no and it's also like if you're going to do that that was something that lovecraft did extremely well where they introduced real people and their real personas or very close to their real real personas this is you using the real names of people who lived but giving them a whole new persona that doesn't motivate me to go research them i mean because you're not showing me anything that i would want to know about this person first of all you're not showing me anything about the people stagecoach you showed me nothing about stagecoach coach mary that was interesting whether she was real or fake gotcha and especially especially if you were trying to say, hey, here's this really dope ass person you may not have heard about. Let me give you a little tidbit of what they did. And then you go find the rest. You also didn't give me that. Yeah. So and I know I'm being um, it may seem like I'm being overly critical, but Westerns are a big genre. They're not a big genre, I guess, in the modern era. But there was no. a point in time where Westerns were really, really big. And here's the thing. They've been done really, really well because they're fairly simple. They're like holiday movies. They follow this very simple story arc. You've got to have a great big frontier landscape. Yep. You got to have some horses. Yep. Some cowboys. Yep. Got to have a lot of violence. Yep. <laughs> and a little bit of love little bit but love's gonna give you some heartache and some 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 warmth yeah. right um and it's like you get those major things like you cool so like he had the the frontier part together um he just i just feel like sometimes what happens is and i think i'm guilty of this as well in my writing is you want to be so different that you're like oh i don't want to follow the formula you know i want to jordan peel it right but even <laughs> jordan peel followed a formula so to speak because as audiences we look for certain things right those are the things that keep us entertained but they're also the things that sell us on whatever fantasy you're selling right in order for me to buy into the fact that we are in the wild wild west there are certain things i need to focus on so that I'm not focusing on the fact that this is a set, right? That I'm not focusing on the fact that this is being lit from above and that's not actually the sun, right? So it's been it's been tried and true. And I feel like Westerns are a pretty simple formula. And I feel like he had a really, really good idea. He had an excellent cast. And really all he had to do was plug and play. And I think some of the things he did great was the dialogue. I think that's where you bring in your unique perspective. That's where you bring in modern times is by the way they speak by the way they dress by the way they look right but not so like oh i'm gonna do this different and i'm gonna put this over here and i'm gonna put that over there and it's like okay but i'm lost because i don't know what i'm supposed to be focusing on i don't know what the story's supposed to be telling me i don't know who i'm supposed to be rooting for i feel like you're telling me i should be rooting for nat but you haven't really given me any reason to like not root for rufus you've told me he's a bad guy haven't really seen it he seemed like a black man trying to get ahead of me. So I'm like, you know, in order to make him a villain, you got to make him bad. Yeah. 
No, I see. I see your point. Some validity to that, too. That was one of the things that I asked myself after. Like, how do I feel this applied to what you know to be a Western to be? Some things he did well, some things not so well. It was nice to see black people in these positions that you typically see white people in in Westerns. Whether or not this is going to inspire other people to make more black ass Westerns. I don't know. I hope so. I definitely like seeing I like seeing the black folks. I liked hearing accents. I like I feel like Lakeith and Regina and Dion's accents were very much on point because oftentimes you'll I feel like in the reimagining, sometimes black folks will try to sophisticate things. And there were a few characters who were speaking like very proper and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. Okay, again, that's not really historically accurate. You know what I mean? It doesn't make people ignorant, but it means that people speak in a certain way regionally. Yep. Right? And again, this is I think this is a perspective from Brits. I think, you know, a lot of times Europeans think the way, the manners in which Americans speak is very uh, low culture. Oh, yes. It's not the Queen's English. No, it's not the Queen's English. And I just was like, no, that's just how we talk. That's how we talk to your people from Mississippi or Alabama, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Yes, that's how we speak. It is what it is. Doesn't make you any less or more. Yeah, it missed the mark for me. But again, it don't have to be for me. And it makes me kind of when I critique other people's work, I'm kind of like, okay, oh shit. Like, don't put no shit out if you don't want me to say that. And (laughs) I'm sure Netflix wrote him a very large check. Oh, yeah. So he's probably like, the fuck is this? I don't know. We gonna see. But y'all let us know how y'all get hard as fuck. Well, who was the they? Period. <laughs> and why they had to fall? Actually, that was my very first question when I, we decided to review this. Um, why was this the title? And I don't think that this ever helped me get back to that. Mm-hmm. Why did they fall? Well, they fell. And they fell. But it just reminded me of that, you know, black idiom. Like, who was they? Who they? Don't be putting me in this. <laughs> that part. They fail. I was over here doing just fine. I I don't think I'm going to watch it again. But I do look forward to seeing several of these actors in other things. I hope they get to do more work. Yeah, I want to see more from y'all. And Regina King is the... She's just amazing in everything. I kind of was like, damn. I wonder what it would look like had she directed it. I think I also wonder, like, after her reading the script, knowing, we wanted to, want, knowing what he wanted to do, what was it that really sold her to commit to it? That, too. Because I, I think about that sometimes. I always wonder that. Like, why you choose this script? Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if, like, something got lost in the edit. But it ain't that much editing in the world. Like, I feel like <laughs> just completely chop and screw something where it's just like, oh, it was great to, like, eh, it was mad. Like, <laughs> I don't think you can go that far. But maybe you can. Well, I'm in it now. I might as well finish it. Yeah. I got 10 more days on the job. I don't know. It's a wrap for the review and commentary of The Harder They Fall by Crystal and Ashley of Not Tyler Perry's Writer's Room. We're back. Now, y'all know how to find us and follow us. We're on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram at NTPWR underscore podcast. We only have like 24 followers. Y'all need to get that up to 100 by the end of the week. Period. <laughs> Actually, I lied. We have 79. That's easy for us to get to 100. Yeah. Handle it. Um, additionally, you can find us on Facebook. We do have a group. 
not Tyler Perry's room. I don't think podcast is on that. So just go ahead and join. We'll keep you updated. It's been a pleasure. Y'all talk back to us. Let us know what you thought about this film. And let us know if there's anything else you want us to cover. We will be back. We're going to do an official rundown episode. That's what we said we're going to do next. And then look forward to the Christmas season for some special drops too. Ho, ho, bitches. And my Russell Simmons voice. God bless and good night.